Hey guys, Joe McCall, REI in your car. Hope you're doing awesome. This is a special new thing that I'm doing. I'm using a new recording program on my iPhone called iTalk. And I'm using my Bluetooth headset, which hopefully you can hear me. I've talked about this before. I am the worst at uh, keeping Bluetooth headsets. I keep on losing them. And uh, the ones I do keep, I don't like. And uh, so I'm always getting new ones. Horrible. Anyway, I wish I had a stock in Bluetooth if there was such a thing. So I want to talk about something really, really really important and this is what it is stop asking what if and start asking what's next what do you think the difference between those two questions are what if versus what's next what if implies what I call anticipatory thinking anticipatory thinking it's like anticipating all of this stuff that might happen. That's, you know, that's what you get in college. That's, I get it. There's a place for that, maybe. Um, but I can tell you this. There, some of the most successful business people in the world, business owners and entrepreneurs, never went to college. It's, it's one thing to be taught a bunch of what-ifs from a professor who doesn't have much business experience but's read a lot of books big difference between that kind of an education and learning something from somebody who's actually in the trenches doing deals, has actually started a business, has hired and fired employees, has had to worry about cash flow and budgets, has had to worry about marketing, finding new business and sales and things like that, right? Big difference between theory and experience is basically what I'm saying. So the what if questions, okay, there's a place for that. But if you want to make money, if you want to have a business that can support you so you can quit your job, start working for yourself, you need to stop asking what if questions and start asking what's next. And this is what I mean by that. It's like, uh, well, I won't go into that. Uh, I got a particular client right now that literally asks me about 10 questions literally 10 questions in every single email that this person sends, then um, they're all what ifs. And I'm doing my best to answer them, but I'm just rolling my eyes every time because I'm like, those are good questions, but you know what? I've done a lot of deals and I've never ran into that problem. I've never had that issue come up. Why are you asking it? Is this an actual deal that you're working on? Uh, how many offers have you made in the last week? Guess how many? None. Some people who are asking what if questions are not doing deals. Usually, most of the time. All right. Now I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to knock anybody or you know try to make somebody look bad because I was that person. That's why it gets under my skin because I was that person. I was that guy asking a ton of what if questions. Like I remember even in school when I was in high school. And in college, I took a lot of math and science courses. I was always that student 
who would ask a ton of questions. And they, I, you know, they were good questions. They weren't stupid questions. But I was always the one raising their hands, asking questions. Um, and looking back, I thought, man, I, I, I must have been really annoying. <laughs> but that's what school's for, right? In real life, what-if questions will get you nowhere. In fact, if you ask too many what-if questions, imagine just being at a job, all right, and coming to your boss's office every five minutes. Well, what if this happens? What's what? How long do you think you'll stay employed there? You know? Um, well, okay, let me tell you. When that happens, then come and ask me, what do I do if that happens? But until it happens, go out there and start getting some business to come into the door. All right, so the difference between what if and what's next is huge. Because what's next means that you're actually having something that you're working on. You've actually have sent some marketing out. You actually have been making offers. You've actually been talking to sellers. So it, it, it's, uh, it, it'll make a world of difference for you. Okay, So this is what happens. Uh, you should always be asking, what's the next thing I've got to do to get this deal closed? And all you need to worry about, listen to me, write this down. If you're not driving, if you're sitting down somewhere, write this down. Just ask the next thing. What's the next thing I got to do to get this deal closed? That's all you need to worry about. I'm going to get a sip of drink coffee here so you can meditate on that for a second. Ah, iced coffee with milk. Starbucks. With a little bit of sweetener in it. Did you guys remember the podcast I did a few weeks ago about somebody suing Walmart or suing Starbucks because they're putting too much ice in their iced coffee? <laughs> all right, anyway, all, the only thing you need to worry about is in real estate, whether you're doing lease options or wholesaling or rehabbing or whatever, what's the next thing I got to do to get this deal closed? All right, so let's say you're a complete newbie. This is kind of the process. You know, you send out the mail and you get a call. Okay, call your coach up. What's the next thing I got to do? And the coach is going to say, well, good job. You sent some marketing out. All right. Well, you got to answer the phones or you got to call them back. Okay, great. I'll call them back. Then, then what do I say? Well, you just ask them, like, do you want to sell a house? And how much do you want to sell it for? Or, you know, maybe the three best questions are, like, what's your situation? What would you like to see happen? And if I can make that happen, how quickly do you need to sell? So go ask them those three questions. All right, so you go ask three questions. You come back to the coach, and you say, all right. I asked them the questions, and they said this and this and this. Okay, what do I do next? Right, now go send uh, schedule a time to go meet him in his house and go bring a contract with him with you. All right, I got this contract signed. What do I do next? All right, great. That's awesome. Now you got to go find a buyer. You got to find somebody that you can sell that contract to. Okay, how do I do that? Well, you do this and that. All right, do you get my point? Now you got an end buyer, and you, it's okay if you don't know what to do, but you're moving forward. You're making forward progress. Then your questions become so much better, so much better. Now your question becomes, well, um, you know that the, the, you sent the contract to the title company, and they're working on the paperwork or the escrow company or whatever, right? You should be always contacting them without being annoying and saying, listen, uh, what do I need to do next to get this deal to the next step? Do I need to call somebody? Some, so you don't want to wait until the last minute to find out that there's a bunch of problems, right? 
So you always need to stay in control and work with the title company. Work with uh, your end buyer, the wholesaler, the, the, the investor that's buying the deal, the, the seller. If the title company, and, and by the way, sometimes it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, right? And if you keep on pestering the title company, is there anything I can do to help to get this deal closed? What's the next thing we need to do? Do you want me to make some phone calls for you? Do you want me to schedule an inspection for you? Do you want me to get a do this or do that, right? You start bothering them, and you're going to find out earlier in the closing process if and when there's a problem. Actually, when? Because there's always going to be a problem. But you know what? It's not a big deal. When the problem comes up, you ask the question, well, what's the next thing I got to do to resolve this one problem? I'm not worried about any other problems. I'm not worried about any what-ifs. What's the next thing that I got to do to get this deal closed? Does that make sense? Because, again, no two deals are ever alike. There is no textbook deal. Every deal is different. Every seller has different reasons and motivations to sell. Every buyer has different things that they're wanting to buy. Uh, there's going to be title things that come up. There's going to be liens and judgments that come up. Your buyer is going to back out. Um, your buyer is going to have some issues with something. In the, there's always something that's going to come up. And just expect it. Get used to it. And it's all going to work out if you just ask the question, what's the next thing I got to do to get this deal closed? And there's different people that can answer that question. Yeah, there's your coach. There's the title company. There's the cash buyer. There's the uh, the seller. Let's say you know you find out that um, whoever's on title is not who you thought was on title, and there's somebody that lives in you know Antarctica that needs to sign it. So what do you do? You go to the seller. You say, "Listen, Mr. Seller, we need to get this person." Well, you, you go to the title company. The title company. What what's the next thing I got to do to get this deal closed? Well, we need the signature and we need this affidavit signed from this person who lives in Antarctica. Well, then, okay, you go to the seller. Mr. Seller, we got to get this signed. What's the next thing I got to do to get this paperwork? What I got to do to get this paperwork signed by so-and-so in Antarctica? Well, you, uh, this is their phone number. Why don't you call them? Oh, great, okay. You call the guy up. I got to get you this thing. How can I get you this paperwork so you can sign it? Well, uh, FedEx it to this address. All right, so you do that. You get it done. Great, boom. Go back to the title company. What's, what's the next thing I got to do to get this closed? Is everything all right? Go to the buyer. What? How are things? Have you done your inspections yet? You know, we're we're coming up. We only got a couple days left. What's what's the next thing you need to do to get this deal closed and move forward? I know I'm I'm beating a dead horse, and I'm hoping I'm making my point as clear as possible. Stop asking what if questions and start asking what's next, because all these things you're worried about, all these eyes that you're dotting and these T's that you're crossing, and these steps seven and eights that you're worried about. And you haven't even done steps one and two. I, t I promise you this: three quarters of those questions are never going to matter. They're not going to matter at all. He'll, in a, once in a while, those things may come up, but when you're just worried about the next thing that you got to do, all that stuff takes care of itself. Does that make sense? All right, guys. So listen: stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Think about that. Stop asking so many questions, for heaven's sake. And start making offers. Start talking to sellers. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to make a perfect offer yet. It doesn't matter if you know how to estimate repairs yet. Or if you know how to 
evaluate comps. Just make a guess. You can always go back and renegotiate during the inspection period. Okay, obviously it does matter. Um, somebody's going to quote me there and take me out of context. Obviously that does matter, but my point is, all right, you know, my point is this. You can go ahead and make the offer, and after you do your due diligence, well, that's the thing. You make your you make your offer. You go to your coach and say, all right, what's the next thing I got to do? They, they accepted my offer. All right, great. Well, you need to get a contractor there to get an to, to do a, an estimate for rehab on the work, okay? And then, well, okay, now we got to look at the comps. and Let's see, make sure that your numbers are good. And let's look at the rents. And then you find out, well, you know what? I You underestimated the comps or you overestimated the comps and you underestimated the repairs. Um, you have this two-week inspection window. You need to go back to the seller and either renegotiate a lower price or cancel the contract. It's not a big deal. So don't worry about steps seven and eight before you start doing steps one, two, and then three. And then what's the next step after that? Four. Don't worry about anything after the next step. All right. I hope that really makes sense. I hope that inspires and helps some of you guys. Listen, I am here to answer questions, and I, I understand it's okay to ask questions. I don't want to make anybody feel like it's bad to ask Joe questions or don't ever ask Joe a question because I, I do love helping people. But I'm going to ask you, is this a what-if question or is this a what's-next question? Okay? So, guys, if you want some help, some coaching, you want uh, you want somebody to hold you accountable to, like, the next thing that you've got to do and help you stay focused on just the next thing, and that's it, go to joemccall.com slash coaching, fill out an application, give it on the phone, we'll give you a free consultation, talk with you a little bit about your business, where you're at, where you want to go, and see if we're a good fit or not, okay? joemccall.com slash coaching. And hopefully my new mic has been working during this recording because I think this has been one of my uh, best podcasts so far. All right, guys, I'm out of here. See ya.